Cool. Okay, so. Welcome to the Girls on Tour podcast with Mira Manga. Hello. Yes. Welcome to the Girls on Tour podcast. Those of you that have been hanging around here for a little while will remember before I went out walking, I used to interview super inspirational and amazing women for my podcast. And I am bringing you one of those today. The amazing Nina is an ex-colleague, friend and somebody who... Basically, you're very lucky to catch. She travels a lot, but she also has a lot of wisdom and despite going through some bumpy stuff in her life, really knows how to bring back the joy. And she's very generous in that she shares her methods and good advice, wisdom and friendship with lots and lots of other women around her. I thought it was a great opportunity for me to introduce Nina to all of you. So yeah, really enjoy the little interview we have coming up. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, I am making 2023 the year of the hustle. So yeah, if you enjoy and you'd like to support, please head over to my Patreon account, which is at patreon.com forward slash Miramanga. Okay, that's the embarrassing bit asking for money over. Let's jump into the interview. Hello, Nina. Welcome to the Girls on Tour podcast. Hey, Mira. <laughs> welcome, welcome. It's so lovely to host you on my podcast. Um, so I was just wondering if we could tell our listeners how you and I know each other. So I'm going to say I kind of first remember hearing about this dynamic person who was working in pool at Lush, where we both worked, who was just like in every room, like this tornado, like Tasmanian devil comparisons. And then you kind of began training and you were part of this amazing trio. It was Tina, Nina and Boo. You remember? Yeah, I might also remember the song that you brought about us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wrote a song because you were a fantastic, wonderful uh, trio of women. And um, so, yeah, so that's how I got to know you. And luckily because I was kind of London, you were Paul, we would get to meet at all the Lush meetings. So is that kind of your memory of how we met? It certainly is. And it is a memory of you being this creative, amazing person um, that has been, you know, like the essence of Lush. A lot of there's, there's few core people that have been um, at Lush for quite some time that have made that the culture and have been a big part of, of what Lash is and who Lash has been um, over the years. And you're always that kind of one of the pillars of it. And I always remember thinking, you know, you equals creativity, ideas. And I've never seen myself as a creative person um, or having lots of ideas and so on. So I would always look up to you for like, Mira will know, Mira will come up with an idea. So uh, yeah, wow. that's how I remember. And of course, the song recorded in pool shop and always um, earworms. So whenever any of your songs <laughs> comes to my mind, uh, it stays with me for at least two weeks. <laughs> Yay, that's so funny that we're both admiring each other for, from afar. But yeah, it's really, I mean, I'm really loving, thank goodness for social media, because that admiration is still lasting and I get to see all your adventures um, so one of the things that the Girls on Tour podcast does is we talk about travel to people who do travel. So one of the things I first wanted to ask you, Nina, how do you transfer your life from a foreign country and set up home in the UK? 
Like, how do you just decide to do that and make it happen? Well, that's exactly what you do. You decide to do that and make it happen. <laughs> so how old were you when you uh, started that adventure? I was 20. And actually, it is quite interesting because prior to that, um, my mum moved to Italy when I was 17. So I lived on my own since. Um, and when she moved, I always used to think, how can she live in another country? That was obviously when I lived in Poland. Um, I can't imagine myself living anywhere else. Like, obviously, I was a teenager, school party, <laughs> that sort of life. And then between my college and university, I went to Germany to work for a few months. And then I realized why you might want to live in another country. Um, <laughs> and I didn't really um, want to go back to Poland from Germany, but because I already had a place at university. And of course, everyone in Poland has masters or three. And I felt like I needed to go back. So I went back and I started studying, but I was studying engineering. I would never, ever make a useful engineer. Um, therefore, within three months, I realized that actually the next five years studying engineering is probably not the best idea. Um, and I decided, well, I thought, what's the next best thing that I can do, considering that I cannot enroll into anything else because the academic year was already in full swing. So I had to wait um, another few months. And I thought, well, if I want to create any sort of you know, life that I really wanted and had an ambition for, I needed to learn English and I never learned English in my life. So I thought, okay, well, I can't really afford lessons in Poland. What's the next best thing that I can do? Well, learn in the country of origin. Um, therefore, I packed a bag, took a 24-hour bus journey and arrived to the UK. Didn't speak a word of English, didn't know anyone um, and started my journey, right? Uh, which I don't know whether it was crazy or naive, but it was a decision. And I think the important thing to highlight here is that it has not been easy. In fact, the first six months, I would classify as some of the most horrendous months <laughs> I've experienced because you feel so lonely, so isolated. There weren't many Polish people around. I obviously didn't speak the language. I had no clue what was going on. There was a lot of bureaucracy mm. and things that now no longer exist, thankfully. But like you couldn't open a bank account if you didn't rent a property. You couldn't rent a property if you didn't have a bank account that sort of thing as a foreigner right so there was a lot of rules um and of course you feel lonely like you meet people that weren't the kindest um you know from a variety of backgrounds and so on so you go through a lot of challenging experiences with every every challenge there is a decision that you have to make with every moment in life there's a decision you you're making you're either saying i'm gonna take it on as a challenge and there's a lesson in it and i'm gonna take the lesson and get through it or you're gonna give up and go back I used to cry on the phone to my mom and be like, I can't deal with this anymore. And my mom would say, well, just go back home. I'll send you money, whatever. And I'll be like, no, I'm 20 years old. I'm going to I'm gonna take the lesson that life is trying to teach me here and, and see what happens. So you need a little bit of persistence or a lot of persistence and, and determination and, and know that whatever you're going through, there is an end to it. But like how you go through it and like what the end is, is within your control and it's your responsibility. So you basically make a decision and make it happen. And do you remember, I know it's forever ago, but do you remember what you thought you should pack and what you're going to need to bring to a new life? Initially, I thought I was coming to the UK for a few months. So I only packed what I thought I might need for like three to six months. 
so it was winter so I just packed some you know winter clothes and some basics I didn't pack a lot I, I had one bag so not a lot packed really um and as it happened I actually didn't go back to Poland until I think the first time I went back was about eight years later um, <laughs> and ironically my room still looked like I was going to come back any minute other than everything was covered in dust I still had like a box of chocolates some dried roses <laughs> like things that I left you know because the room literally looked like I popped out for a for a few hours and I didn't go back for ideas <laughs> wow so just do it and then not content with moving to a foreign country where you do not speak the language with a suitcase full of clothes for a few months you then decide you're going to go and travel to Canada with two massive Dalmatians and I'm like okay she's going to Canada maybe it's a city break no no <laughs> You're driving through snow-caked landscape. You're hopping around, like you're in different locations. And I'm like, the dogs are still there. So how did this come about? For anybody listening, wondering how to do tourism with their puppers, how do you do that? Well, again, you make a decision and you make it happen. <laughs> um, so I think whatever you want to do, you will always figure out a way, no matter how impossible it may seem. Um, and of course, when I decided to yet again create a completely different life, um, I decided that I, I wanted to go to Canada, right? I wanted to go to Canada for years. So I thought, okay, this is the, this is the moment. And of course, I didn't have everything figured out at all. But I think the important bit to remember is that you have to know your first step and the rest of it you can figure out as you go along um, because there will be things that are unpredictable. But I think the big thing that you learn is you learn self-trust, right? So whenever you do those things, like you gain more and more confidence and you build self-trust. So you know that whatever situation you get thrown in or whatever challenge comes your way in whatever country, you either already have the resources within you or you will be able to find the resources that you need in order to get out of the situation. So for me, like the first thing was to make sure that Nala and Mickey, my two Dalmatians, I'm literally like a Quella de Ville on the run. Um, for me, their, you know, their comfort and their safety um, and their, you know, their life had been the most, the biggest priority because I know I can jump on the plane and I can be uncomfortable or whatever, but I wanted them to be well looked after. So I uh, searched for a company that would help me transport them from here to Canada in the best possible way and make sure that they're comfortable. And then when I got to Canada, I had to get from Calgary when we landed to Golden, which is about 300 kilometers away. And I had 24 hours to sort out a car. I was literally told everywhere, this is not going to happen. It's impossible. Like even the immigration officers were like, girl, you're crazy. You're not going to make it happen. And I said, well, I have to make it happen because I need to be in Golden and I have two dogs and I can't just take a taxi for 300 kilometers. Um, so, of course, I made it happen. But I had no idea how I'm going to do this, right, until I was there. And, yeah. and there are some things when you travel that, you you know, I was searching on, like, Facebook groups or obviously doing some research, but it is useless until a lot of the times until you actually get to the place. So mm -hmm. I thought, well, I'm going to have to figure out. And, of course, I did. And then I didn't plan for months in advance. I just thought I get there and I see what happens. And, you know, it's no different to if you're moving around here you just figure things out um but of course traveling with dogs there's more consideration so i had to consider i have like packing anywhere with them 
is literally like packing children. You know, I have to think of the lunch. I have to think of the water. I have to think like, where am I going to stop off for the pee break? And yeah, that mommy, sort of thing, mommy, which I wouldn't mommy. normally. <laughs> exactly. Oh. So it sounds to me like you kind of take a like, is it like, is it a fun thing? Is it like really delightful to you to like just throw yourself into an unknown situation? Or do you find it scary and trepidatious and just think I have to do it? No, I think uh, my approach to it that, you know, our life on this planet is a brief sparkle. And I feel like the planet is too incredible and awe-inspiring for me um, not to make the most of it. So in order to make the most of it, I have to experience different things. And of course, there's an element of fear. Like my mind would be like, how are you going to drive on the other side of the road? Even if you do get a car, like you've never driven on the other side of the road. Right. So things like that obviously will come to your head and you think, oh, how am I going to do this? But of course, you get there and you, and you do this. So for me, the biggest thing is wanting to explore and experience and learn as much as you can. So, of course, it is fun. But the biggest thing for me is that exploration, adventure and learning. And, you know, it's like a whole lifelong learning for me. Right. By exploration, yeah. really. It's well, it definitely sounds like you are. A, well, you have the travel bug. So that's a huge part of your makeup. And you are also addicted to learning, which we can talk about later. I asked this question to many people who do the podcast. What? are your must-have personally not for Mickey and Nala what is your personal must-have travel items are there certain things you're like this has to go in I can't be without this passport and a credit card that's all and really that like when I traveled from I think I traveled from Nashville to Rome a couple of months ago my suitcase arrived to Rome four days after I arrived so that's all I literally had I had my handbag which contained my laptop my passport luckily um red lipstick and my wallet that's all and okay. I didn't have anything else. <laughs> I think that's a great answer. Laptop, credit card, passport, red lipstick. That's a perfect answer. And you look great in red lipstick too, by the way. So <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. These are kind of like two cheeky questions. The best and the worst thing about the UK. Wow. I know. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I wish I had prepared. The best. I think that the best thing about the UK is actually the culture. I remember... When I moved to Poland and I was in Germany and, and then came here, my first impression was like, oh my God, this country is an utter chaos. How does it even function? Like, where is the organization? Where is the order? I mean, some things still don't make sense, right? So, for right. example, you have the same train leaving from the same train station, going to the same destination every day. How come there isn't a platform assigned? Like, <laughs> surely it, it's the same. It's not like you have got random yep. trains arriving at random times right so this like uh -huh. it always makes me laugh when you're just at waterloo and everyone is waiting and then suddenly the platform displays and everyone just goes <laughs> for it right so this is um so this to me was like wow how does this country function <laughs> but now i absolutely love it and i actually so my mom is like how did you go from person who was so tidy and so organized to an utter chaos i'm like the UK and I love it <laughs> and I wouldn't change it I wouldn't change it for anything because I think it's such a nice way of life like you don't you know you don't worry about I have to have a plan and everything in place when I was young I my teddy said the place and if something was moved by like one millimeter I would have noticed whereas now I'm like even if the teddy wasn't there I don't care um, <laughs> poor teddy it makes life so much easier exactly it makes life so much easier so I absolutely love that um, the worst thing about the UK? 
I don't I know. Mean, what is it? I, I don't want to bring us down because politically and social, 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 socially, there's a lot wrong with the UK at the moment. But yeah, but there is like that. Hap- that's in every country. And to right. be honest, I haven't watched the news for so long that when I arrived, I actually had to ask someone who's the prime minister. Thank God you weren't knocked unconscious in a hospital somewhere. But yeah, okay, no. we, we can skip the worst thing about the UK. Well, maybe- I think maybe you can say that like I definitely experienced more rain in the past couple of weeks than I had in the past year last year. So um, I think the weather sometimes can be um, not the best. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think I'm I'm too easy going to have some like worse things. I love it. True, true. Okay, well that kind of messes me up. My next question is the best and worst mm-hmm. things about Canada. Okay, the best thing about Canada. Oh my God, the breathtaking, obviously landscape, but the space. I just, oh my God, I love it. I love driving across, um, you know, across British Columbia. Just the I and. I don't care that I'm in a car sometimes for like seven hours or eight hours if I'm, you know, if we're doing a longer trip because it's just so incredible. Um, so to me, for me, like the views are beatable. The driving there, it's incredible. The worst thing, shopping. Shopping is awful. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Great to know. And thank you so much. I, I urge uh, anyone listening to follow Nina because you're really generous in you're a great photographer and you will share all those landscapes so you know there's many reasons to follow you I'd say your travel experiences are one of them so yeah um can you remind me of your Instagram again Nina underscore the midlife revolution there we go everybody go hit follow on that so thank you for answering my travel section of the podcast (laughs) you're very welcome so I now have some silly quick fire um questions for you um because obviously you and I both worked at Lush well I still do I mean I would love it if you came back Nina I hope you know that um (laughs) no pressure do you have a must-have or your favorite Lush product absolutely ultra blunt yes yeah how can we do without that amazing honestly it's a staple yeah yeah you see, that's, you know, we have to make sure you always have a lifetime supply of that wherever you travel. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then you mentioned red lipstick. What is your must-have makeup? Mm, must-have makeup? Um, actually, probably blusher. Okay. Shout out to Charlotte Howe if she's listening. She'll yeah. be really <laughs> happy that you said that. Um, fav- what's your favorite food and drink? Oh, wow. Favourite drink, espresso martinis. Ooh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Favourite food, cheesy chips. Oh, my God. I love that. That's so down to earth. I love it. And um, can you cook, Nina? Well, I can cook, but I am not the best cook. And I um, I love food, but I love uh, the end result. So I love eating rather than cooking. That same as me makes me feel better about myself. Favorite Moomin character? Well, for years, my nickname was Little Mai because my profile and my look in general is very Little Mai-ish. So uh, I have to go with Little Mai. I would feel like a betrayer if I said another character. (laughs) Yeah, like Little Mai has become like your style choice and your like totem. So I agree with that. I think mine is Moomin Papa. Um, and I love that we have that in common. And I love that you also, th- we always think about each other when we think of Moomins, such a gift. Um, do you have a favorite sport or game? 
No, I'm not very sporty at all. But I have to say, I went to see a hockey game last month for the first time in Canada. And I loved it. It was so much more entertaining than football. Like, it was amazing. But also, one surprising thing, and people probably know that, but I didn't. How violent they get with each other. <laughs> they, they're like, so violent. They so they get so violent with each other. They literally like push it. I was like, what's going on? Why are they so mean to each other? But not only that, they push each other. So then someone lands on the, you know, on the ice. It would take me half an hour to pick myself up. But they literally like pick themselves up in a split second and they just carry on going. I'm like, do you know what? There's a skill in it because not only do they pick themselves up so quickly, but they don't have that natural reaction to try to hit back, right? They just keep <laughs> going with them. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I was so surprised. It was very entertaining. I'm so glad I asked you that question. And why am I thinking that this will come out soon in one of your teachings or seminars? There'll be an ice hockey, like lessons <laughs> we can learn. I'm here for that one. Um, you and I get one day to hang out together. What do we do? We'll travel somewhere. <laughs> okay. Oh, we'll go exploring. I think we should probably go to Moominland in Finland. Yes, I have never been. Okay. Me either, because last time I was in Finland, I wanted to go, but I was there at the time where it was closed. So I, um, I've never been either. So I think we have got a date. Oh my God. Yeah. I'll see you in Moominland. Um, do you have any hobbies outside of taking every university course known to humans? <laughs> what a difficult question, actually. Um, I don't know if I have any hobbies. Like learning is my hobby, I guess. So I do a lot of learning. How boring. Uh, learning, reading and travel, of course. Yeah. yeah. I think that's pretty good education and traveling is pretty awesome what did you want to be when you were little nina a lawyer wow i think a lot of people are relieved you chose not to do that have yeah. you listened to beyonce's <laughs> album lemonade <laughs> of course <laughs> about a million times you know like the billions of, of views on youtube yeah probably majority of is mine <laughs> yeah. excellent i just had to check have you got one piece of advice for me one piece of advice for you. Yes, Mira, you always know what you need to do. So don't question yourself. You go within and you do what you know you want to do. Thank you. And this is my last quick fire one. Do you have one piece of advice for yourself? Piece of advice for myself is to listen to the advice I give to others. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So now we're going to move into the serious part, which is really the... I Excuse think... me, was this not serious? I was dead, dead serious. <laughs> those were just kind of questions I was thinking if I was hanging out with Nina, I'd try and like chat with you about those. So for me, yeah, fun, silly. Um, but it's kind of serious because as I'm watching you just go about your life on uh, Instagram and I'm following you through social, you're doing a lot of good work um, in terms of helping other people bring up their confidence Um understand what they want to do and one of the most important things I think that you do is you acknowledge that sometimes we feel terrible and that's okay and you kind of help people make themselves feel better um, and you're so supportive of other women I mean for me like especially over lockdown you know and in my later years that power of women coming together um, so I do think it's serious because I think if we have a Nina in our lives, that's going to help us, you know. Um, and I love that you have turned your powers for good. Thank God you weren't a lawyer. You could have been an evil lawyer. Um, but, um, <laughs> Thanks. So uh, I wanted to talk about mentors. 
And I remember we both worked with Liz Bennett. Uh, Liz Bennett used to was one of the founders of Lush. And I remember when I worked with her, she really believed in training and she totally believed in you and Tina and Boo. And I just, you know, I, I feel like you probably both got a lot from each other. Were there messages or learning or anything that um, Liz instilled in you that you kind of take on? Mm-hmm. 100%. And I, I totally believe in the role of mentors and I believe in training because, well, especially now that I'm studying neuroscience, I know how easily you can train your brain to do certain things um, or anything you want really. But um, I, the key messages from her, actually, I often, I often think about it, is that if you really want to be good at something, become a trainer of it. So you have to teach others um, that your messages, like whatever message you want to get across, think of it like a laser beam. How do you cut through and really get to the core of it so people really understand? Um, persistence. Persistence is key. So whatever you want to do, it might not be the right timing, but with persistence, you know, you you will get there. Um, sometimes you need to give yourself some a little bit of slack when, you know, when we have got those times where, you know, you, you don't feel great and we all go through those periods um, in life that you just have to cut yourself some slack and not try to aim for whatever you're aiming, but do your best at whatever, you know, within whatever kind of capacity you have got at that moment in time. So these are definitely key messages and the fact that you know you can you can nurture talent and you can you can develop whatever you want and that definitely that has stayed that has always stayed with me and I and I often go back to it and I do sometimes you know when when I'm trying to figure out what I want to do I'm like you know what would Liz say what would she think um and I do that with a lot of a lot of mentors that I had throughout the years think you know what would the messages be yeah so who particularly uh, is inspiring you? Or I, I've heard you on a lot of um, podcasts. So at the moment, I guess, who are the kind of people that are mentoring and looking after and nurturing and developing you? Or who do you look up to? Oh, yeah, I always say variety. So I always work with a variety of people. For me, that's really important because um, I know that I can learn things myself, like we all can, but I want to learn from the masters and I want to learn quicker than if I do it myself and obviously I, I want to look up to people who have done what I want to do so uh, and I openly always share who I'm working with or you know I and someone said to me oh it's really interesting how you're not afraid to show on your website you know other people and I'm like of course like why would I hide who I'm learning from and I also want to always want to give people credit um, and I do believe you know like we say it takes a village to raise a child. I think it takes a village for us to become who we want to become for the rest of our lives. So we have a variety of mentors. So for me, a massive, massive um, kind of inspiration has been, especially within the last year, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, I've literally swallowed all his books, all his programs. I went to his week-long advanced retreat and then a follow-up Um within the same year and that's actually he, he inspired me to start studying neuroscience and, and psychology um so that's a massive massive one for me uh from lash of course a lot of people but rowena i mean absolutely rowena incredible Bird. rowena but of course to me you know she's extraordinary and lives an extraordinary life and it's always so inspiring um and kicks my ass sometimes <laughs> <laughs> oh that's when so i great. need it yeah, um, uh, I interviewed her for this this podcast. She was one of the first people to say yes, like a million years ago. So, wow. I mean, it's that's so great. Thank you for sharing your mentors with us. Um, 
I, I really appreciate your generosity and that spirit of sharing everybody. These are the good people, like go listen to them. And I, the other thing is, to me, it's really clear that you've, you've learned somewhere along the way, I don't know where in life, maybe you can tell me, you've learned how to love yourself, which it just glows out of you and makes me happy when I see your little face. Um, and I wondered, could you tell me the best thing that you've learned about yourself? What do you love the most about yourself now that you're in this position to see how lovely you are? Um, what I love most about myself is the fact that I spend so much time working on myself, um, that I put so much effort into working on becoming who I want to become. Um, and I think this is also what helps you to love yourself in a, in a great way that, you know, you, you give yourself credit for the work that you're doing that, you know, we have good, good days and bad days and so on, but I work on myself every day. Um, and sometimes people say, you know, is this hard work? <laughs> you know, is, is being in a hard work? <laughs> <laughs> is it is it hard work? I don't think it is hard work because ultimately I believe in us evolving and evolution throughout our whole life. Um, so for me, becoming someone who I want to become does not mean that I'm not happy with who I am right now. I am very happy and I love myself. <laughs> it sounds so funny when I say it, but I, I do love myself for the person that I am. And I, I love myself as the, you know, I love Nina, the character because of that determination of the persistence and of the daily work. And sometimes you take, you know, two steps forward the next day, you feel like you're taking 10 steps back and, and that happens and it's a natural process, but I keep going. And I keep progressing. And that's what that's what really helps to build the self-love. Not self-love in a way that I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, I am wonderful. Um, but in a way that I look at myself and I think, you know what? You have so much grit and so much persistence. And yes, sometimes you fall on your ass and sometimes things don't work and whatever. But despite anything that's being thrown your way, you keep going. Mm. And going back to the point that I don't like, you know, becoming someone else or be not becoming someone else, but becoming whoever you want to become. That does not mean that right now, the starting point or the point that I'm in right now that I'm not happy with. I am very happy with it. But I because I believe in a kind of lifelong evolution, I know that there is another version of me and then another version of me and then another version of me. And I walk towards those versions. So I'm very happy with who I am right now. And I, you know, and I love myself for everything that I have done so far and how much I've developed. But equally, I know that there is so much more that I want to do. Um, and I want to become, you know, the person I want to become over the next however, however many years and, and different lives that I want to create. Mm. Um, so I'm happy with who I am. But I'm also very happy to be walking towards whoever I want to be. Oh, I love that answer so much. Thank you. Do you remember? Do you remember a time or a day or a moment where you looked at yourself and you were like, "Yeah, I love you. You're doing the best." Was there a moment where you kind of switched into it? Yeah, and it, it was actually a moment where I think it was my second month in Canada. Um, and I actually looked in the mirror and I was like super happy with everything. And I thought, you know what? You created this. Like you created this. Like I was literally so happy. And it wasn't even like an extraordinary day. It was just the morning. I looked in the mirror, woke up and I was just really happy. And I thought, oh my God, like you did this. Like you created this whole experience. And, you know, I, I take responsibility for all ups and downs, good and bad and whatever else. Um but I was just genuinely so happy with 
what I created and how everything had turned out and where I was at and who I was and so on. And and from that moment on, like this was when the self-love, when I first kind of realized that I, you know, that I love myself for who I, who I became. And then I started working a lot more on, okay, what have I been doing? And like, what else? And, and starting to turn the, you know, the scales from this isn't good enough and you still need this and you still need that. And you need another bit here or whatever to actually pat on the back girl because you didn't do too bad. And because I, you know, I came from nothing, like I didn't have money, I didn't have connections, I didn't speak the language. Like, mm. you know, if a girl like me can create a life as extraordinary as I feel my life is for my standards anyway, um, I think anyone can. I think like the, the most beautiful thing about you know our life on this planet is i feel like i'm coming from another planet but um <laughs> that we come equipment with the most powerful intelligent sophisticated piece of kit there is on this planet which is your your mind mm-hmm. um and you can use it to to create anything you want in life you know and i i feel like my example is showing people I'm being an example of possibility of what's possible if you really want to do something and if you go for it, but you have to decide to go for it and then actually go for it. I love that. Yes, you are being an example of possibility and you're really shining really brightly. I love it. I love that. So I guess hearing you stop, take time and put the work in to get you and those dogs out into the snow, into that car um, that achievement, when you actually stop and dig in and give yourself something, you nurture your own needs. I, I mean, that's something that we should kind of be looking at every day. So I really love that message. Nina, you know, I've got you on my podcast, but really, you know, anyone, this is this sounds terrible, but anyone can now kind of get hold of you because you're kind of changing your life and your new job is working as Nina. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do now? 100%. So I'm the midlife revolution specialist, which always raises eyebrows and people are like, you're not midlife, but I am midlife. Um, and with all of my life experiences, I feel like I could have filled out quite a few lifetimes. Um, <laughs> but I basically, so I, I work with people in a variety of ways, but mostly um, people come to me when they either struggle with adversities and they don't want to suffer for ages and want to get over the pain um, quickly and want to, you know, get the wisdom out of whatever experience they're going through. Um, people come to me when they want clarity. They're like, I want to do something else, but I'm not sure what it is or don't have the confidence or there's a fear of judgment of, you know, I have that perceived, you know, perceived by society success, but I want something completely different, but I worry what would my, you know, what would my family think or whatever um sometimes people come to me because they want to they want to create more authenticity they feel like they're they've been filtering themselves a lot to you know play different roles in different environments and and they're tired of it Mm. sometimes people come because they feel stuck and they're like i know there's so much more to life but i've been on this treadmill of you know doing the same things over and over again and the years are blending into one and and like is this really it is this it that's all there is to life um, so that's always interesting. I run some programs that people can enroll into and courses, and I'll be launching one soon. Um, I have got free ebooks that people can get with a lot of my guidance on change and transformation. Uh, but I will also be launching some business courses over the next month. So I'll be working with businesses as well on transformation and change and, and facilitation and leadership because I feel very passionate that um, we spend so much of our lives at work. Um, 
So if you are not enjoying what you're doing and not enjoying the career or the company you work for, then like that's to me such a waste of life. Um, and I also believe, you know, a lot, a lot depends on leadership. And I feel very passionate about, you know, leadership. And because if the leadership is good, then that really helps to provide a much better experience for everyone within the organization. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so multi-passionate about so many things, but in general... I help people to gain clarity, to transform and change their lives and overcome adversities. Wow. Uh, when do you rest, Nina? <laughs> <laughs> well, I always said that I rest when I die. I have plenty okay. of time to sleep. <laughs> okay. Well, I definitely, definitely recommend your book, Lemonade. Um, I'm kind of amazed that you're really honest in that book. And there was backstory I did not know, girl. Like, I was like, Oh my goodness. But talking about authenticity, I see myself as kind of quirky and eccentric, but I just try and be myself quietly. And if people don't like it, they just can ignore me. And I really love that you were like, hey, this is me too. I'm going to put it all out here. And I, I can't believe you've given that book away for free. I think that's a really lovely gift because, you know, when you said about people who are really suffering and how to move them along, I just thought it was really kind of you to share your suffering to help reassure people yeah thank you I felt that it was important for me to share because actually when I was suffering a lot and I was seeking help what all I found a lot of vagueness like a lot of like oh you know sleep a lot well it doesn't tell you anywhere that actually you can't sleep you, your right. mind just wasn't wouldn't allow you to sleep or like eat well well you don't feel hungry yeah. you know you just don't want to eat so there was a lot of advice that I think is kind and good advice but actually when you are in the middle of hell a lot of this advice isn't all that helpful because your mind and body are in a completely different state and are not accepting and over so I felt that by sharing my story and being really honest about it um, you know, if I can help to reduce someone's suffering, even by an hour or two, then, you know, it is it is worth sharing. So and I feel that that is important because ultimately I feel that we don't need to suffer as much as we do. We very rarely suffer by you know, the present moment. What we suffer from is allowing our minds to either be in the past and feeling sad about what had already happened and is now history or running towards the future and being scared of the future. So, you know, bringing in fear and anxiety about what will happen and how bad it might be, which, you know, hardly ever really happens. So the present moment is actually not the painful moment. It's allowing your mind to go either back or forth. Um, and staying there, that really creates a lot of the suffering. But if you learn that actually, you know, your mind and body, like you need to be the pilot of this plane. Like it doesn't fly. If you allow it to fly itself, it will be either in the, in the past or in the future. But, you know, if you become in charge of it and realize that actually you're the master of your mind and, and you don't allow the, the mind to run off with it um, and you train your brain, um, to be more in the present moment and actually see, you know, the thoughts that are causing you to feel the pain, um, then you, you can you can reduce the suffering massively. And and it's not just about moving on quickly. I didn't want to move on. I wanted to move on quickly from the experience, but I also wanted to go through it diligently because I knew that if I don't, it's going to come back at some point and it's going to bite me back. So I really wanted to go through it properly and really, you know, take all the learning and lessons from it, as horrendous as it was, because I didn't want to have to go through it again, just because I didn't pay attention in the first lesson. Yeah, one and done that shit. Just get it done. But Nina, thank you so, so much for talking to me on the Girls on Tour podcast. And uh, yeah, what are you going to do for the rest of your evening now? 
Well, I, <laughs> probably I knew never. <laughs> I knew it. You're not going to be watching Netflix, are you? Tell me what you're doing with the rest of your evening. <laughs> well, I have got some content that I need to edit. So that's what I'll be doing tonight. Would you promise me you'll have at least a 40 minute chill out over the weekend in respect of the time I've taken with you for my podcast? Oh, I definitely will. And to be honest, like people laugh, like when do you sleep? But actually, A, I sleep a lot. I also spend a lot of time meditating, um, which helps me a lot. That's why I'm always chilled now. And um, I do a lot of walking. So to me, like I I, I don't work 24-7. And I, I also don't spend all the time just being in a kind of work and learning mode. Like I go for walks and I do things that make me feel happy. Um, to, because that's actually when the creativity comes. So... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I will have when I'm going on a big walk this Saturday. So I'll be thinking of you on my walk and you be thinking of me. Thank you so much for coming on the Girls on Tour podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I love that conversation. And like, I imagine we could talk for days, really. Oh, Nina, I think she's correct. We probably could have. Maybe I can get her back on the podcast again and we can talk about more Moomin stuff. Or maybe you'll hear from us on our trip to Finland. You never know. Please check out the description of this podcast to find all the links to Nina, including her free ebook Lemonade, which is a really amazing quick start to feeling better and turning bad stuff around to make lemonade out of those lemons. If you've enjoyed this, please subscribe, do a like, do a review. These things all help apparently. And yep, don't forget my patron. Until next time on the Girls on Tour podcast. Bye! Welcome to the Girls on Tour podcast with Mira Manga.